Welcome to episode 2 of the Justin Polk Eyes from the 90's podcast. I am Justin Polk and that music you hear in the background is Alicia Keys, Karma. And Karma will be the theme of today's episode as I talk about the Bulls and how they've been dominated by, the, by LeBron James once again in the playoffs. But before I get to that, I'm going to uh, talk about the two songs I'm listening to right now currently. You know, just two songs I'm enjoying right now. Uh, I heard them today, and I just said, man, I, I got to talk about these in my podcast because these songs right here just made me feel amazing. I was driving home from school, you know, had my music on shuffle, and these t- these songs came on back to back, and it was just, it was just like almost ten minutes of just pure awesomeness. Like it was just perfect. It was uh, first I had Ghostface Killer with Super GFK off his 2007 album Big Dope Rehab, and it's Ghostface Killer being Ghostface Killer, but he's being Ghostface Killer pretty much over Johnny Guitar Watson, Superman Love, and he's just killing it. Like, mind you, it's not a sample of Johnny Johnny Guitar Watson. It's pretty much the song with the lyrics and Ghostface just rapping over him with the with with the with the just smoothness that is Ghostface Killer and the and the gangster that is Ghostface Killer. And I just love it, man. It's a perfect song in my opinion. Uh, the second song was most deaf with his song uh, "Life Is Good." I don't know if you've ever heard this song. I don't think it was on the album of his, but it's just a feel-good song, you know. Just the good vibes, you know. You dry, ride into it, you can't help but smile, you know. You just ha- you just feel good when you listen to the song. Life is good, only always. Life is good, you know. It just it, it just it just feels incredible, you know. And uh, yeah, man. So those are two songs you should check out. Uh, they're definitely dope. I definitely won't steer you the wrong way. Those two songs are bangers. But um, also, on top of the uh, LeBron James Bulls talk, I'm going to give you a list of my top 10 NBA players of all time. So make sure you guys stay tuned for the end when I'm going to talk about that. But first off, let me, um, let me kind of give you an introduction to this Bulls LeBron James talk. So I'm born in 1990, right? And my theory is... If you 26 and under, 27, 28 and under, you know, you, you never saw Michael Jordan in his prime. And it's okay. You can accept that. You know, he can still be considered the greatest in your eyes if you've not seen him in his prime. Don't let these old heads, um, saying, blind you of that. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't feel like you've got to say... Someone else is the greatest when you know when you know Michael Jordan is the greatest. You know, like you can look at highlights, you can look at YouTube, you can look at ESPN classes, you can look at you just read what he's done, just read his accolades, read his accomplishments, read the record books, and how his name is is etched through all those pages, and you can say he's the greatest. Like, I've never seen Muhammad Ali, but I can tell you he's the greatest boxer of all time. You know what I'm saying? My cousins are like 35 years old. They never see Muhammad Ali. They'll tell you Muhammad Ali is the greatest boxer of all time. You know? It, it just it, it is what it is. Like, greatness is greatness beyond sight. You don't, got, you don't have to witness greatness to know it's great, you know? You know what I'm saying? And... But at the same time, when you are witnessing greatness, you gotta, you, you, you just gotta smile, sit back and smile and say, <laughs> "Well, <laughs> at least we lost to the best." 
And Bulls fans, do not feel discouraged, man. Do not feel discouraged because the Bulls lost to LeBron James again. I can't lie to you. When we first when that game six ended, I was upset, man. I was upset. I can't believe the Bulls lost to this dude again. I can't believe they just quit like that. But you know, it's LeBron's time, man. And if you look back at the history books and at what Jordan did to Patrick Ewan, to Charles Barkley, to Carl Malone, to Gary Payton, to countless others. <laughs> welcome, welcome to that era again. We're seeing it happen again. We're seeing Kevin Durant, Derrick Rose. We're seeing James Harden. We're seeing these guys probably never won a championship because of LeBron James. But this is why LeBron isn't the greatest. Because LeBron James, he's, he, he, he won't win this year in my eyes. I don't think LeBron's going to win this year. I think Steph Curry's going to win. And I don't, think, I don't think LeBron James can do anything about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think LeBron can do anything about it. LeBron doesn't have that skill set that Michael Jordan has that just says, oh, man, put it on my put it on my back. Let's go. Take over time. No one can stop me, so I'm going to carry us to a championship. He turns that on, like, on a game-by-game basis, you know? But he can't. That's not his. That's not his go-to. He can't. He, he can't. He can't. He can't consistently do that. Jordan. It was. That was always his move. Like that was it. You know. When I watch like old Jordan highlights, I'm like, okay, this is what. This is why he's the greatest. This is why LeBron's not the greatest. Because look at this. He is dominating. Like he's unstoppable. You know. And people say Kobe is the remix of that. But see, what makes Kobe not Jordan or not even LeBron in my eyes? Is that Kobe tries to be what Jordan is, but he's just not capable of doing that. You're not. Ca- it's only one Jordan. You understand? Like like uh, Jalen Rose says, uh, Michael Jordan's the original, and Kobe's and Kobe's the remix. No, what Kobe is, Kobe is, Kobe is an offspring of what Jordan was. You know what I'm saying, and you're just not gonna be as great as that. You know, you're not, not gonna not gonna be as great. You you cannot reproduce what Jordan was. Like Kobe is a fantastic player. I think he's the third greatest player of all time. I think Kobe Bryant is the man. You understand what I'm saying? I remember growing up. Now, like I said, I don't remember Jordan that much, but boy, I remember Kobe. I remember Kobe. You understand me? Remember that first three? Remember that three peat with him and Shaq? People won't give Shaq all the credit. No, like Shaq was that dude. But I remember being a fan of Kobe. 2000, 2001, 2002. I was like, this dude right here is the deal. Like, he's cold. <laughs> like, it was him and Iverson. That was it. Them dudes was legit. Like they was nasty. And you couldn't tell you couldn't tell anybody otherwise. Like, they, they, they were dominating. They had all the moves. Like you wanted to you go in the backyard. I was like 11 years old, do the fadeaway jumper. Kobe, kids are still going around shooting jumpers, like shooting little pa- uh, paper balls and garbage cans saying, Kobe, you know, because Kobe just had that, that J, he had that jumper that was just too silky. You wanted to, you wanted to shoot it like Kobe, you know? That was it. Like, Kobe Kobe just had it. And, like, and to deny Kobe's greatness is crazy also in my eyes because people, pe- Kobe has been overshadowed so much by LeBron, and now people are trying to overshadow him with Tim Duncan. 
but you cannot look at things just as the, what the team accomplishment was. You cannot just look at it as, oh, but Kobe, Kobe won with Shaq. Kobe won with Powell. Kobe couldn't win by himself. That doesn't matter in my eyes. Like you know what I'm saying, that, that doesn't make you great. What makes you great is how you how you how you played. Period. Like how how did you play? You know, but Kobe always played just tough. I'm saying Kobe had no quit in him ever. Kobe always put his all out there. He did what he thought he had to do to win. It just wasn't always the right way to do it. And that's a fault of his, but that doesn't make him less of a player in my eyes. You understand what I'm saying? And LeBron, LeBron plays that point guard role. And this is why Jordan was so, was just, it's, it's, it's incomparable. You can't compare anyone to Jordan because Jordan just had this drive, this will, and he had the skill to back it up and the ability to back it up. Forget, you know, I'm not going to say skill or talent. Jordan just had the ability. Like he was just able to get the ball in the rim from these various ways, and just he was unguardable, and he could play crazy defense, and and you just couldn't stop him. He had a motor that just never quit. You understand what I'm saying? Like he was just—it was amazing. It was amazing. Like you can't compare that. And you look at LeBron now as he beat my Bulls in six games. I watched. I'm watching him in these playoffs. I'm like. Yeah, I mean, he's the second. He, he's the second greatest player of all time. You're not, gonna, you're not gonna beat him, you know. Like we can't beat him. The Bulls can't do it. You need a team like the Mavericks, like the Spurs, like the Warriors, maybe that, that to to beat him. You need a team with just multiple scorers who can play solid defense, and that kind of team is like LeBron's kryptonite. LeBron can't stop that team. If it's a team with just two go-to players, or, or a team of just of just average players, you know, like the, like the Hawks, LeBron's gonna find his way around those corners. You know what I'm saying? He, he's, he's gonna find he's gonna find the chink in the armor. He's gonna poke at it until he gets through the armor. You know, he's gonna just keep banging at that chink, and that's his way around it. But if you put him, if you put a team around a team against him like the Mavericks did. Especially, especially the Mavericks. Then, when LeBron was still kind of, was still kind of just getting used to the whole champion, the idea of chasing the championship. You know, like that's, that was his second time in the finals. But like that loss clicked something in his head. Like, nah, it's gotta be me. It's got to be me. And when it's him, when it's when it's on his back, he ha- he has he has a the ability of Jordan. He just doesn't have that mental that mental tick that drive to just do that every time. Like he can do it if he wants to do it, but it's, it's just not something he wants to do. It's not that's not in his that's not in his his psyche. He, his, his psyche doesn't say go dominate every time. He wants to pass. He, he has that Magic Johnson in him. You know he's the he's the only true point guard in the league to me. The only true elite. Point guard in the league. Shout out to Chris Paul. Chris Paul's great, but you know, Chris Paul, he's not elite like LeBron. He's great. But he just he's not an unstoppable force. Elite to me is you can't be guarded. You can't be stopped. There's nothing, there's nothing you can do against LeBron when he's at his best. Nothing. There's nothing you can do to him. There's nothing. He's unstoppable. You know? 
And that's that's what the Bulls are up against. That's what Kevin Durant's up against. That's what all these that's what all these great players are up against. Like Kevin Durant had a chance at the title. He had the opportunity to get a title. He was in the finals against LeBron, lost in five. Hard enough. Him and Westbrook have been facing injuries ever since. I wouldn't be mad if he went to to DC. I couldn't blame him for going to DC. That'd be a smart move. Him, John Wall, Bradley Beal. Ugh. Ugh. Like, it'd be nasty. It'd be a problem. Straight up. You know? With that said, I'm going to give you my top 10 players of all time in the NBA. Like, my top 10. Like, and the reason why my top 10 is like this, let me preface my top 10 by saying this. Alright? Everyone wants to shout out the bigs and, you know, all these all these bigs, Kareem, Shaq, Tim Duncan, all these guys, and they're great. Hakeem, they all great, you know? But when you talk about the NBA, every time you talk about the NBA, you talk about five names. We talk about five names and five names only. But for some reason, no one wants to say them top five players in the, in the history of the league. Even though there's only five players we ever talk about. So, but they're my top five. So my number one is is the GOAT, the greatest of all time, the best to ever do it. His airness, Michael Jordan. Number two is the King, Cleveland Zone, LeBron James. Number three, Black Mamba, Kobe Bean Bryant. Number four, Irvin Magic Johnson, the King of Showtime. Number five, you know, my man from Indiana put Boston on his back with one of the best big threes of all time, Larry Bird. You know, that's top five. When you talk about the NBA, you talk about Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Magic, Bird. Every time. Every time you talk about the NBA, those are the five that are coming out your mouth first. You're going to talk about those dudes first. They are the founding fathers. Not the founding fathers. They are the Mount Rushmore. That's that's dumb. Like I know Mount Rushmore only has four people on it. But they are the faces of the NBA. They are the five faces of the NBA. Shout out to Jay West being the logo. But the five faces are Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Magic, Bird. My next five... Um, Kareem, Tim Duncan, Hakeem, Shaq, Isaiah Thomas, Shatown. <laughs> like it's like that's that's the next five. It's my top ten. It's Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Magic, Bird, Kareem, Tim Duncan, Hakeem, Shaq, Zeke. It's top ten, man. I think it's a solid. I think it's a solid top ten, personally. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know it's my top ten. But I think that's pretty much. You can't argue that top ten. I don't think that's arguable. Those are just, those are the ten best players. I mean, you could all call Malone, Dr. J. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> who who taking off of them dudes? Who taking off? All right then. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about um. Let's go from basketball a little bit. You know, before we go from basketball, I'm going to revisit the Bulls real quick. Because the Bulls are about to make a move 
I'm about to make a move that um that some people in Chicago are against, some are like some are for. And at first, like going into playoffs, I was completely wholeheartedly against this move. Now I'm kind of forward, and that's Tom Thibodeau um, be, being fired from the Bulls. And I say I was against it at first because Tom Thibodeau was a top five, top three, top five coach in the NBA. He won coach of the year his first year. He helped develop Derrick Rose to MVP. He helped develop Jimmy Butler into an all-star caliber player or beyond. He has a, his ceiling is higher than anyone expected it to be because of the way uh, Thibs developed him. He made Joakim Noah exceed all expectations. You know, he, Joakim Noah elevated his game to a height that I don't think anyone could have predicted it going to when defensive player of the year last year. Um, he's being a respected player in the league. I don't think Joakim Noah was ever respected as much as he is now. Um, Taz Gibson developed into a great player under Thibodeau. Luol Dane was also under Thibodeau, I think, twice. Um, and he, he did a lot with a little. Like he, he won many games in the regular season. Not, not as many in the playoffs, but he fought through a lot of injury. And that's something that should be said. And that's why I was against him in, in being fired. But after seeing the way the Bulls played in the playoffs, I think it's time for a new voice in the locker room. I think the Bulls need a new a new leader. You know what I'm saying? And no, no knock on Thibodeau. I think he's going to be great wherever he goes. I would love to see him go to um, to the Lakers or to New Orleans. You know, I, I think he'd be great in one of the Lakers with, um, with a young team around a veteran like Kobe. I, I think that I think that'd be just the perfect fit for him. Um, or New Orleans, I'd love to see him develop Anthony Davis into even to, to, to the superstar we all think he's going to be. Um, I think I think Thibodeau is the man for that. But I think the Bulls should look at a person like Tyron Lue, the, the assistant coach for the Cavaliers, who's been behind Doc Rivers for years and, and watched Doc Rivers' moves and has earned the respect of LeBron James. LeBron James goes to him more than he goes to David Black, you know, to talk to about just just what goes on with the team. I think that's um, a player they should look at, a, a coach they should look at. Um, I like I like the idea of a of a former player being a coach. Someone like Chauncey Billups to bring someone like Chauncey Billups into the organization would be kind of cool. Um, Mark Jackson, he um, he helped he helped push the Warriors to what Steve Kerr has done with them this year. I, I think Mark Jackson's initial push. Jump started the cap, the Warriors to being where they are now, and Steve Kerr just maximized everything Mark Jackson did. And I think I think the Bulls can use those tools that the Warriors have, Spe- speeding the offense up, still playing quality defense, but speeding the offense up primarily. You know, and guard pass can add a, a shooter, someone like Wilson Chandler who can score and play defense. I think someone, something like that, that can that would make the team much better. I think the Bulls could window can can open up a little bit more. I think the window closed after LeBron after the LeBron James just destroyed them in Game Six, at least for the Thibodeau era. But I think you bring in a new coach, bring in some new players who can shoot, who can help Jimmy and Derek out as they drive and kick out, and people who, who can shoot the three. 
I think that will help the Bulls, and that's something, that's something the Bulls need to do in the offseason, definitely. You know, but don't, I'm done with basketball now. I'm done with basketball. Um, if you know me, man, you know a lot of my inspiration comes from, like, stand-up comedians. Even though I can't do stand-up, com- stand-up comedy, like, one day I would love to do stand-up comedy just to, just to give it a shot. I think it's a great, it just, some of the, mo- some of the greatest minds are comedians in my mind, in my opinion. And um, one of those minds are uh, David Letterman. I've watched his stand-up a thousand times. I, wa- I love watching the show, along with Fallon and Kimmel and Conan. Um, but Letterman is just, he's so smart and witty. And, like, his comedy is, his comedy is, like, it's hard to catch. It's, it's like he's just talking to you. But he's talking to you in just such a funny way. Like, he's not, he's not really doing a bit ever, it seems like. It's just like he's just talking. And I, I love that kind of comedy, you know. And it's real... He's just, he just a talented guy, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he just real, real smart, real witty, like I said. And it just, it just, it was great to see him for as many years as I saw him. And um, I know my elders have seen him for 33 years, and he got nothing but praise, and he's respected by every, everyone in the entertainment world, and that says a lot. And to see him go is, is sad, but I think uh, Stephen Colbert is going to do great at the job. I think Stephen, Stephen Colbert is another guy who's really smart and witty. We didn't really get to see who Stephen Colbert was on the Colbert Report on, uh, on Comedy Central. That was a that was a character he played, you know, a Republican kind of minded guy, like a dumb Republican who who kind of defended liberals without defending liberals. Like he would say, he he would talk as a Republican. He would talk in a way that was so dumb that it was like he's helping the liberals. It was, it was such a smart thing. Like that was such a smart character. Uh, such a such smart writing and such smart comedy <clears throat> that I can only imagine what it's going to do as a host of um of the Late Show. It's going to be a great thing to see, especially with him competing against Kimmel and Fallon and Conan, who just who have, who have elevated the late night talk show host to something that we haven't that I've never seen in my lifetime and people have seen since since Leno and Letterman in their prime. So it's gonna be exciting to see that coming coming to fruition. So yeah, man, that's all I'm gonna talk about for that. Also, but uh, now moving on to um, the Mad Men series finale. Like, um, if you guys heard the, the podcast last week, I said Mad Men is um, like I get my top five TV shows. Mad Men is my five B. Like it's Game of Thrones five A, Mad Men five B. And the way that season, the way, the way this series ended, man. <clears throat> I think it might, I think I might have to change that soon to make it make it five A, make Game of Thrones five B because Mad Men is just so great. I'm saying that the storytelling was just so great, you know, and it tied everything up in a way that wasn't corny, which is very impressive. I hate when things get tied up like into a perfect bow. Like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's like all right, whatever. But it tied everything up in a realistic way. See Joan making her own production company. Uh, Stan and um, Stan and Peggy getting together, which was which just seemed inevitable. Um, Don kind of um, refining himself, and like at the end, like we see him at this like this this, um, this hippie like retreat place or whatever, and. 
And we see him just doing like meditation. And then the last shot, it's this classic Coca-Cola ad of like people in that kind of resort. And it's like, man, Don Draper still thinking of still thinking of uh, ads. And I saw some reviews on it, and it's like, all right, maybe Don Draper just lasts forever. And like every like ten years, he has to just go ahead and refine himself. To, to get to get to get in the mold of the new decade, and <laughs> if that's the truth, that's amazing. I, I think I think it'd be a great like idea for the show to have. Like, okay, so pretty much Don Draper goes through the '60s, dominates the '70s. Come, he's not used to it. He kind of goes off the deep end. He finds himself, boom, dominates the '70s. All oh, the '80s come off the deep end, finds himself. Boom, dominates the 80s, and it just keeps going and going until he dies of like liver and kidney failure <laughs> and, and lung failure. Um, but it's also a sad point of the show. Like I said last week, it's kind of impressive how they made uh, Betty a likable character by kind of giving her a, like a death sentence with lung cancer in the in the in the in the 70s, in the 60s. I mean, so like. It kind of sucks to see her, to, to know that she's going to die. But, like, you know, it's TV, so whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, man, it made her likable because we kind of we kind of sympathize with her. If you're a human, you sympathize with a woman who's dying. I'm sorry to tell you guys that. But, yeah, there's sympathy with that. Um, so, that was kind of hard to see. I, like, we just saw a picture of her, like, smoking a cigarette, looking sickly, you know, on a bed. On a bed and just with her kids in the kitchen. <laughs> It was kind of it's kind of it's kind of sad to see, but you know, it was good for the storyline because I don't think there's any way we could have really ended the story in a not corny way with, with, with Betty. Like the only other route I could see them ending the show was if she got back with Don, and that would been really horrible. So I'm kind of glad they went that route. That's kind of that's, that's, really, that's really smart storytelling, in my opinion. So yeah, man, that's a great show. Dave Letterman was a great host and. Both those things came to an end now, and I have to find something else to do with my life. Letterman, it's easy to replace him because I got Colbert now. I got Jimmy Kimmel, got Jimmy Fallon, got Conan. And although I miss Letterman, I have those things to replace him. Mad Men, as of right now, I have nothing to replace Mad Men. Nothing. Nothing. It's horrible, man. It's a horrible reality. Like, Game of Thrones is great. You know, I love Game of Thrones, but that's one show. <clears throat> the Netflix shows come on once a once a year. I watch those shows in a two week span. I'm mad at myself every time it happens. Except House of Cards, I hate that show. Um. So yeah, man, that's it for this podcast. I went 27 minutes. I talked to you guys about the Bulls. I gave you guys my top 10 um, NBA players of all time. I talked to you guys about David Letterman and Mad Men and. Make sure you guys check out those two songs. Super GFK by Ghostface Killer and Life is Good by Most Duff. Until next time, I'm out. Ugh.